Ayan. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Gizmet. Uh, I just want to extend my welcome once again to those of you who are new to this city. If you are new to this church, uh, welcome to IFJF Seattle. And I hope that you will make this your home and you'll be able to continue to grow in your uh, journey and in your community. Amen. I just came back uh, very, uh, just a few days ago from East Coast. Uh, it's very ironic because in the East Coast, it is 50 degrees and it is fully sunny. And then I came back to the beautiful city of Seattle, snow, okay? Uh, but it was a wonderful time in the IFGF's uh, East Coast retreat. There are seven churches that come together in the state of Pennsylvania. Uh, some of them drove about nine hours to the retreat. And this is amazing, okay? Uh, one of our newest church in New Orleans, uh, they drove 28 hours to our retreat uh, and they came. And so I was very appreciative, uh, lots and lots of prayers, guys. There's so much prayers. We took so much time in praying for people. There are so many needs. Uh, and that tells you the state of people around us uh, in, in this uh, post-pandemic period. Uh, a lot of people are going through very tremendous difficult times, you know. Uh, we get to talk to this uh, lady with four children. Uh, she, uh, she remarried to a second husband. Husband abused her, abused their children. Uh, she, one day, she made a decision with the four children uh, to run away from home. And, and when they have enough money, uh, they will go to the subway station in New York and they will sleep inside the subway station. And if they don't have money, they will sleep on the sidewalk. Okay? And that's how tremendously difficult uh, people that we face uh, in the East Coast. Uh, and then uh, the two youngest uh, son, uh, they both have autism. And so the mom has to care for the, for the autistic kids on the street. And in addition to that, the mom is, uh, is uh, experiencing ovarian cancer. Uh, tremendously difficult. And yet, they were able to find the means to come to the retreat and to be prayed. So we prayed healing over them. We prayed for the autistic kids. We prayed over their lives. So they're... Uh, there, there are just so much things going on uh, in the East Coast. So I was very privileged and honored to be there with them. And it makes you feel that um, we are very blessed here in this community. And please uh, share your, your prayers too to a lot, a lot of people that are in need. Amen. Uh, so December is here. We are beginning the month of Advent, which means that we are in preparation for the Christmas season. Amen. Uh, and I love the month of December because... You know, it's Christmas. It's one of my uh, most beloved uh, holiday of all. Uh, we we took the tour in uh, in New York uh, when we were in the East Coast, and man, beautiful New York. You know, the the Christmas decorations there, uh, and we get to go to Macy. How many of you know uh, Macy's? Right. When I'm here in Seattle, I don't go to Macy. But in New York, we went to Macy, and and we took video. You know, like the village people going to the big city. Like that, you know. Yeah, we took video in Macy. I was telling my family, what's going on? Why are we taking pictures in Macy? Because in New York, the Macy is so beautiful. It's like seven stories high. It's huge. It's really huge. Uh, so, uh, so Christmas is uh, upon us. Uh, so I want to kickstart a new sermon series, a Christmas sermon series called The Promised One. Okay? But be before we begin, I want to share with you a few fun Christmas facts. Are you guys ready? Uh, yes. How many of you want to guess what is the largest Christmas gift in the U.S.? Any of you want to guess? What's the largest Christmas gift ever presented in the U.S.? 
No, no one's, no. It's the Statue of Liberty. The Statue of Liberty is 150 feet tall, weighing 225 tons, and it was a holiday gift by, uh, to the U.S. By the, by the government of France in 1886, and is considered until today the largest Christmas present actually in the world. Isn't that something you learn, right? Here's another fun Christmas fact. 28 sets of Legos are sold every second during Christmas season. Isn't that crazy? 28 sets of Legos sold every second. Man. <laughs> Here's another fun fact. <laughs> and, and this is me, probably. One in three men wait until Christmas Eve to do their shopping. I got to be honest with you, I don't even do Christmas shopping, okay? Um, Christmas without Christ will be must. Christmas without Christ will be must. But thank God, we the children of God, we, do, we don't have to celebrate Christmas without Christ. Can you say amen? Yeah. I want to read to you from Romans chapter 8. And this is such a robust verse. It's such a powerful scripture. And if you lean in and just kind of, um, you know, uh, digest this verse, it's truly very dynamic. It's truly such a blessing. In Romans chapter 8, verse 31 to 32, it says this. If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for you, who can be against you? Can you say it? Nothing. Can you say it together? Nothing. Nothing can be against you. So I know there are people that are going through tremendous challenges in their lives, including what to expect in 2023. You have heard this morning as we pray, people are telling there are a lot of people that are anxious because of job market, right? The job market are, are quite shaky. There are people that lose job. You know, Twitter uh, uh, laid off thousands of people. Facebook laid off thousands of people and all that stuff. But I want you to lean in into this verse and say, if God is for me, if God is for me, who can be against me? He who did not spare his own son. This is really fascinating and this is truly the reason for Christmas. Can you say amen? Right? If God did not spare the best of the best, what will He withhold from you? God, in His infinite mightiness and wisdom, He could have just sent thousands of angels to resolve any issues of the world, but He chose to give us the best of the best, which is His Son, Jesus Christ, to come on this Christmas season to give you the greatest gift of all. So he said this, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. For who? For us all. Not only for the elite, not only for the, the choice, not only for the people that are qualified, not only for the rich people, not only for the educated people, but for all. Christ is given. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? I say amen to that verse. And I claim that verse. And today, let us be the beginning of Advent through the claiming of this verse into your life. 
So these promises of Jesus become the realities of our salvation when we trust in His abiding divine presence and transformative teaching. Atonement through Jesus is a gift for all people who repent of sin and trust their lives to Him. And through Jesus, God redeems us, making known to us the path of our life. Come on. If you are lost right now, if you are trying to determine the ways of your life, where are you going? The direction of 2023. Trust in Jesus. Trust in Jesus. Shift your focus towards Jesus because He is making us known the path of life. So why was Jesus promised? How many of you know truly why do we celebrate Christmas? Let me tell you the beginning first, okay? I know, don't, don't, don't tune me off, okay? Once I said like, long, long time ago, everybody like... <laughs> but in the beginning, God created men and women for a purpose in His image. And in God's image, there is dominion, there is authority, there is blessing, and there is, re, uh, there is union between God and man. So the, that, that life is complete. However, because of man's disobedience, because of man's ego, because of man's pride. How many of you know that pride is the root of all sin? Pride is the root of all sin. And because of the pride of man and woman, they disobeyed God, they violated by eating the fruit that was forbidden, and they fall into sin and problem happens. When man and woman fall into sin, their relationship with God was broken, and the curses that was not supposed to be experienced by men and women are now into the men and women. Come on. Just the past week, I've heard earthquakes two times in Indonesia. 5.7, 6.4 magnitude. Okay, it just happened yesterday, another earthquake. 6.4, okay. Mauna Loa erupted as a volcano. Hmm. Where are these signs telling us? is that the curses of sin is catching up on us. Nothing new. Don't be alarmed. Because it was written in the Bible that as the time ends, these signs will come. Earthquake, volcano, wars. They're coming. It's here. It gives us the evidence that the curses of men and women are catching up on us. That curse become our curse. That sin, the consequences of sin is now passed down from Adam all the way to our generation and the generation to come. Now fear and death reign over us. How many of you are experiencing fear? Don't, don't lift up your hands. Okay. Okay. Just, we'll, we'll talk to you after this. After this but, don't, but how many of you are overly anxious? How many of you are going through depression? Come on, there's so many people that are going through. Because why? Fear and death reign as sin came upon mankind. Since then, men and women seek a way to get to God by creating what we call religion. So what is religion? Religion is about man on earth seeking his way to heaven. But what is Christianity? Christianity is about God in heaven coming down to earth to seek man. So listen, 
if you want to find a way to somewhere, find a way from the person that owns that somewhere. You know, when I went back to Indonesia, to those of you who have never been to Indonesia, just listen to this. You know, when I went back to Indonesia, I can't drive in Indonesia. I'm amazed actually that Google Maps was able to GPS Indonesian streets. The streets are just like this. There's no plan and system in the street in Indonesia. I, I can't even imagine going from one, one destination to another destination. I can't map it even in my mind. It's different from Seattle. You know, I came from Kirkland. I can map it. Okay, go from this road, take 405, 520, go up to I-5. Very easy. But Indonesia is so confusing. Even when you ask the people on the street, like, hey, where do you go to this mall? You know, two, three people will point differently. <laughs> Which direction to go to this mall? One person will go this way. One person will go that way. All of them were correct because whichever way you go, it will get there. Because if you go this way, it will go this, this, this way and then get there. If you go this way, you go this way, this way, this way, it will get there. It doesn't matter. In Indonesia, you just go, it will arrive. That's how I felt. You know, you go on this tiny street, tiny street, and then you arrive. I have no clue what's the name of the street. How many of you know the name of the street in Indonesia? Come on, I challenge you. Right? None of us know the street. So what I'm trying to say is that many times we as men and women, we are living on this earth looking towards heaven and wanting to go to heaven instead of looking and seeking and, and uh, 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 focusing on the one who owns heaven, we ask people around us. And all we get is confusion. But today I want you to know that Christ came. This Christmas season is a reminder that Christ came. He came from heaven. He owned heaven. He is the King of kings. He came to seek for you. That's the beauty of Christianity. The wages, he says this, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Thank God. Thank God. It's not all doom and gloom. Okay? It's not all doom and gloom. Doom and gloom because I have good news for you. God was not out of control. He wasn't helpless. He wasn't hopeless. He wasn't scratching his head like, uh-oh, <laughs> I'm in trouble now. No. Instead, he made a promise. Instead, he made a promise. He promised, and his promise was part of his grand plan. He wasn't, he, God never out of control. Instead of being confused, it won't, it, instead of being helpless, he made a promise that he will send his son to die for you, to be born as a baby and to die for you. 1 John chapter 4, verse 9. 1 John chapter 4, verse 9. He said, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, how many of you know? We, none of us can actually love God. But He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sin. So number one, God loves you. Yes, you. Tell to your life, say, hey dude, God loves you. And tell, tell to your right, hey sis, God loves you. 
And if they are confused or they just woke up from their sleep, they're like, yes, you. Pointed to, like, yes, you. Some of them might woke up like, huh? Just, no, you. God loves you. Yes, you. Come on. The Bible said that even while we were still rebellious, while we were still sinners, while we still deny Jesus, while we still don't care about God, God showed His love for us by sending His Son to be born, to be payment of that sin. So that by this gift, you may have hope and eternal life. And listen to this. Fear and death do not reign in your life. Can you say amen, please? Fear and death do not reign in your life. How many of you want to live free of fear? Free of anxiety? Turn to Jesus. Amen? Number two, God seeks you. God is looking for you. Number Luke 19 verse 10, he says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. He came to seek for you. You don't have to seek for God. You don't have to look for God. You don't have to look for the way to heaven because God is seeking after you. When I was lost, I was 17 years old. I was lost. I was, I was condemned. I was such a rat. God still can find me. Okay, today I look at you. I said, nothing is impossible. If God can come to seek after me, and capture and win my heart, God can capture your heart. Nothing is impossible. While you were still sinners, while you were still not perfect, while you were still struggling, while you don't even care about God, God is still seeking after you. That is the truth. I wasn't seeking for God. I came from third, fourth generation Buddhists. I don't even care about God. I always believed that God was man-made. God was created by men and women. My ancestors created this idea of God to scare me so that I can behave. I can be a good person. But the reality is I don't believe there is an existence of God. That's who I was, when I was before I was 17. But the fact is our relationship does not depend on you. The, our relationship is because God is seeking for you. Even when you are hiding, listen, even when you are hiding, even when you are in the darkest alley, even in the lowest valley, He is seeking for you. I came to church still a heavy smoker. I came to church after drinking. I came to church looking for girls. I don't come to church looking for God. I come to church looking for the goddess. You understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah, now everybody wake up. Yeah, I, I press your button, huh? I don't care about God. I don't care about the sermon. Because while the, pre the preacher is preaching, I was looking and scanning for beautiful girls. I was scanning. I have a goal. But God, I did not know. I did not know that God was seeking for me. I was sitting there seeking for something else. I was seeking for beautiful girls to be my next girlfriend. I didn't know that God was actually seeking for me. Ten weeks after that first visit to that church, 
I received Jesus for the very first time in my life. That was when I was 17. Not more than 10 years. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was like 30, uh, forget it. Okay. Long time ago. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Come on. This also, listen, listen. Okay. Yes, I was a rat. I, I'm, I wasn't a believer. I was in gang. I came probably semi-drunk. I came with the wrong motivation. But this message also applied to you as believers, as Christians. Okay? You may have made unwise decisions or choices in your life as a Christian. You are now experiencing the symptom of that spiritual death. Yes, you, my brother and sisters. Sometimes we Christians, we can also trip ourselves and make wrong choices in such a way that 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 symptom of spiritual death come upon you. What are the symptoms of spiritual death? I wrote it there. Guilt, shame, confusion, emptiness. You are angry at God. You are angry at people. You are angry at yourself. You feel rejected. You feel disconnected. These are some of the consequences and symptoms of our sin, our wrong choices. It came upon you. You are experiencing that right now. You feel guilty. Some have become lost. And sadly, not, not, not few have left the community of believers. Listen, though it does not sever our relationship with God, our sin does put a barrier and tension with Him. Think of a child and a parent. Think of it like this, okay? When a child disobeys, the relationship with his parents is strained. But the parents still love the child, right? Dad and mom, we still love our child. And we still have the child's best interest even though the child was at fault. The child never stopped belonging to the parent. Like when my sons, they made mistakes, they disobeyed me. Yes, sometimes the relationship strained. Sometimes I'm disappointed. Of many times I was angry. But never once that they are never my son. That's what I'm trying to say. That you are the children of God. Yes, you disobeyed God. You made wrong choices in your life, but never once that you are not the child of God. But the relationship could be strained. The symptom of that wrong choices could be experienced by you. But today I want you to know that God is also seeking for you. He says this in Isaiah 59. He says, your iniquities... Your iniquities have separated you from your God. Listen, I just found out this new revelation as I was preparing this sermon. It says that our iniquities does not separate God from you, but it separates you from God. Did you see it? Our iniquities separate you from God, not God from you. And your sin have hidden His face from you, not God hiding from you, but your sin hides you from God. Come on, are you, are you listening? But God is seeking for you. So today I pray that you will be found by Him. And that there is a turning point in your life today as we begin this Advent month. The good news is, truly, He is pursuing you even in your mistake. He is pursuing you even in your bad decision. He is pursuing you even in your darkest moment. He's pursuing you. Yes, you, Christians too. 
okay? Just like Adam and Eve, you know, after they fall into sin, God is calling out, Adam, where are you? You know, I was teaching in iGrow, right? To those of you who took my iGrow class, you know this, this uh, statement. That statement, where are you? You know, Adam and Eve, after they took that, that fruits, they felt ashamed. They, they understand that they are now naked. They feel guilty. They hid from God, okay? And God says, where are you? That's not a statement of God losing them, okay? It's not like, oh, no, God, now you lost them. Great. It's not. God knows exactly where they are. God knows exactly what they did. But God still extends that question. He said, Adam, where are you in this relationship? So today, brothers and sisters, you may have made mistakes. You may have made the wrong choices, made the bad decision. You may have tripped and fall into sin. But God is asking, where are you in this relationship? And I pray that your response is different from Adam. You know, I wish Adam would have said, here I am, Lord. I am guilty because I have disobeyed you. Now I am naked. Now I am ashamed. And please forgive me. Instead, Adam said, this woman that you gave. Wow. The blame game starts. And then God looked at Adam, uh, looked at Eve, the woman, and the woman said, the snake. And then God looked at the snake, the snake like, Nobody to blame but himself, right? But instead, come out and come back. Come out and come back. Say to your left, hey, bro, come out and come back. Say to your right, say, hey, come out and come back. Come out and come back. Come out from your hiding place. Come out from the darkness and come back to God. So come on, say it to you. Not notch them, okay? Uh, you know what? Let's declare it together, okay? Since it's such a snow, snowy morning, uh, so that you guys don't fall asleep, it says this. Let's declare it together, okay? Come out. Come back. Because he, he is seeking for us. Amen. Number three, God is for you. God is for you. Romans 8, just now it says, if God is for you, who can be against you? If God has graciously given us His one and only, His very best, He gave His own Son, Jesus Christ, what will He withhold from you? Come on, what will He withhold from you? Deliverance? Healing? Financial breakthrough? Freedom from anxiety? Sicknesses? What will He withhold from you? God is our good Father. He is our good Father. How many of you are aware that our God is our good Father? He is now for you, not against you. Don't be deceived by what others are telling about God. Maybe some people outside say, Oh, you are not loved because fill in a blank. You are not accepted by God because... Fill in a blank. You're only welcome in God's house if you fill in a blank. No. God is for you, not against you. Don't be deceived. Even in your darkest moment, He is pursuing you. He is seeking for you. Don't be lied. I want to end with this statement by John Piper, and I think it's a good summary 
to all my three points. It says this, none of our sicknesses is a judgment from a condemning judge. None of our broken cars or failed appliances is a punishment from God. None of our marital strife is a sign of His wrath. None of our lost job is a penalty for sin. None of our wayward children is a crack of the whip of God's retribution. If we are in Christ, no, God is for us, not against. In and through all things, all ease and all pain, God is for you. Would you please stand? Today, I want to set a reminder for you. Let us celebrate Christmas with unspeakable joy. Amen? I want you to celebrate Christmas with unspeakable joy. I also encountered, I know sometimes holiday season can be tricky because I also encounter a mom. She said, I hate this Christmas season now. Why? Because exactly this Christmas season, I lost my daughter. She said, I have no more joy and no more reason to celebrate Christmas. But I want you to know that Jesus becomes our greatest gift exchange. He is the greatest gift exchange. Turns to Jesus and he will take your sorrow and he will turn joy into your life. He will turn your mourning into dancing. He will turn death into life. He will turn hopelessness into hope. He will turn darkness into light. He is our greatest gift exchange this Christmas. We receive the free gifts of salvation, victories through His resurrection, and a new life in our relationship with Christ. Bring Christ back into Christmas because the true reason for this celebration is only Jesus. I want to pray. I came back from East Coast. My heart was heavy. I was telling my wife how much needs. There's so much needs. I lost my voice <clears throat> even before I went to East Coast actually. I lost my voice during our own praise and worship night on that Friday with Vancouver. I already lost my voice. I was like, oh, oh. And I have to preach like three, four sessions in that retreat. And I have to pray. But the needs, I think that voice came out because I saw such a great needs in our community. And I believe that there is a great needs here too. Because some of you, listen, this might be a word of God for a specific person, which is you. Some of you have been fighting your battle and you feel like you are losing this battle. Let me ask you, could it be that this battle does not belong to you. Could it be that this battle is not even yours? You are fighting the wrong battle because this battle does not belong to you. Second Chronicle chapter 2, he says, stand still and watch. Stand still and watch. For the battle belongs to me and I will give you the victory as you stand still and watch. 
So I want you to now stand still and watch and find rest in the presence of the Almighty God, our good and heavenly Father. Because the battle might not be yours after all. I want to pray to those of you who are struggling right now with that battle inside of you. Some of you have been fighting it for several months. The Lord says, stand still and watch. Don't stand still and sleep. Don't stand still and be distracted. But stand still and watch. Because God is moving. And God wants you to watch how He's going to move on behalf of you. Let's, let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, I want to pray right now for my brothers and sisters. Yes, the Word of God, 2 Chronicles 2 verse 20 is for you. The battle is not yours. You have been struggling. You have been fighting. You have been putting all of your attention and you have been discouraged. You felt like you are losing this battle. You are losing your grounds. But God says, stand still and watch for the battle belongs to the Lord. And I will bring victory for you. Stand still and watch. Father God, I pray right now that there will be a turning of our focus, of our mind, of our hearts towards you, Jesus. As we enter into this Advent month, into the season of Christmas, let this be a reminder, Jesus, that you are the greatest gift exchange of all. You will turn every of our sorrows into joy, unspeakable joy, exceeding joy. And you will turn mourning into dancing. You will change confusion into clarity. You will turn sicknesses into life. You will bring back every broken relationship into a restored relationship. Marriages that are shaky. God, you became the solid rock of foundation over those marriages. Relationships that are broken. May you find true meaning in that relationship with Jesus. Father God, I pray for healing right now in the name of Jesus. To those of us who are seeking for healing. To those of us who are praying for restoration to those of us who wants their tears wiped because they have been crying out father god i pray right now let christ be the center of their life turn to jesus turn to jesus because jesus is seeking for you oh yes jesus is seeking for you if god is for you nothing can be against you hallelujah lord jesus today prepare our hearts as we partake on the holy communion as we partake on this Holy Communion, let it be a reminder of what Jesus, you have done for us. That we are standing on His victory. We are not striving for our own victory, but we are standing on His victory. Therefore, prepare our hearts, Father God, to lean in and to put a full surrender to Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. To those of you serving in the Holy Communion, can I ask you to step down?